welcome back to the 49er Way podcast. The losing streak is over and the Niners are finally back on the winning side of things after a 33-22 victory over the Chicago Bears. We will recap that game on this episode and then we will look ahead to two big divisional matchups that are upcoming for the Niners. First up, it will be the Arizona Cardinals in week nine at Levi Stadium as the Niners search for their first home win in over a year. We will get to that and of course we will break down the injury report and the keys to the game and much much more so keep it locked and stay tuned and don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Welcome back to the 49er way podcast faithful And the four-game losing streak is over. And the Niners are 3-4 and and look to get to 500 this weekend with a big divisional clash looming against the Arizona Cardinals. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy, back out of Chevy. Welcome back. Wasn't here last week and probably a good thing, so you didn't have to talk about the catastrophe that happened in Week 7. But good news this week, Niners were finally found. And the offense got off to a slow start, but they came back and most importantly came away with the dub. Yeah, no, it's good to be back, man. I'm very glad that I wasn't able to be here for last week because I would have just been disappointed talking about uh, how the Niners needed to win last week against the Colts. But, you know, coming back here, only, only bringing dubs with the big win over the Bears, a much needed win. Uh, and it was a good week of football, you know. I, I liked watching the Niners play. I thought Jimmy G played a decent game. I thought the team is in general played a decent game. Yeah, Garoppolo was very good. A lot, much, much, much better than Week 7. Week 7 was not good at all. Um, obviously, you know, this was his homecoming. I think he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Definitely a little excited going into this game. And he balled out. And most importantly, I think that's what the Niners needed. They need our quarterback to play like that, play at a high level, and he was great. 322 yards on the day. It was a very good outing for him, and most importantly, the running game was going. Debo was once again fantastic, as he's been all year long. Brandon Ayuk finally got involved. It was a much, much better performance from this team, so I'm, I'd am i say I'm happy about that, and my God, Debo Samuel, I, I really, truly don't know where this team would be without him. Man, I can't even stop talking about Debo Samuel. He has been such an important player, not only to San Francisco, but to the NFL. The man is one of the best wide receivers in the league, period. I don't want to hear no slander on Debo Samuel anymore. The man, I'm pretty sure, is second in receiving yards only to Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup hasn't had his bye week yet. Debo Samuel has been a blessing for this Niners team and and so much fun to watch. The passes that Jimmy G had to him on Sunday, my jaw was dropping every time he caught the ball. It was crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Everyone's talking about Cooper Cup and the career year that he's having, but I feel like Debo Samuel, people have noticed his career year thus far, but I don't think it's been as noticed and as advertised as Cooper Cup has been. But that's fine. They get to go head-to-head, not this week, but next week. And then we'll see, you know, who comes clutch for their team then. But either way, both teams have been really, really good. So we're going to have to see how how that goes for us. But 
on the day, I mean, it's not like the Niners were great on third downs. They were four for 10 on third downs, one for one on fourth down. But I think the big thing here was the offense was able to make big plays. And Elijah Mitchell was once again sensational on the ground game with 137 yards. I believe I saw a stat. It's the first time the Niners have had back-to-back 100-yard rushers in back-to-back weeks for the first time in even before Frank Gore was a Niner, which I thought was really, really hard to believe. But it kind of goes to show you how well Elijah Mitchell is is running the football right now. And even better news, Jeff Wilson's going to be coming back in the next few weeks. And those two together, I think our run game might be salvaged, even with Mostert out for the year. You know, I think Elijah Mitchell just adds something to this Niners team that's been desperately needed. You know, Shanahan loves using that speed back, and Mitchell is provides that speed, especially with Jeff Wilson being out for the majority of the part. We we were really missing that in our run game, and Mitchell is the prototypical Shanahan running back, and I love that he's using him that way. I wish uh, we would get more information on Trey Sermon, though, because, you know, we did use a third-round pick on him, and he's been basically in the doghouse all year except for that one game where we had literally no other running backs. So I'm not sure what's up with him, but I'm very happy with Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it even in preseason. I was saying, watch out for Elijah Mitchell, man. He's exactly what the Niners look at for running backs, and he's been killing it. You know, we also drafted – a young quarterback this year, a mobile quarterback, but who cares about Trey Lance? Let's talk about the real mobile quarterback in San Fran and Jimmy G who had two rushing touchdowns this, this game. And you know what? I didn't think Jimmy G was going to have two rushing touchdowns all year, let alone in a game. I don't think Jimmy, I mean, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would have got two rushing touchdowns in his career, let alone (laughs) a season, let alone a game. I mean, it was every time Garoppolo rushes and he just he dives in. I'm like so scared. I I'm pretty sure every time he does that, I I'm assuming that he has some sort of knee injury. Like it, the guy literally gives me a heart attack every time he does it. But then he gets up and he gets excited and then he spikes the ball. And I'm like, all right, he's okay. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing, honestly. Like you would think that there would be a typical Trey Lance type play in the red zone and the Niners struggled in the red zone in the first half but in the second half they got going and they were a lot better in the second half and Jimmy Garoppolo just said screw it just give me the RPOs instead of Trey and he did a heck of a job but not just that but going back to Elijah Mitchell yeah you did call that you you've been on him all offseason long and he's, he's really given that burst but yeah the Trey Sermon thing is very weird I mean the Brandon IU case I think I mean, we'll see. It's only been one week, but last week, definitely much, much better. Getting him involved. He had the two-point convert. When they threw him away, or or when they when they threw it his way, he got involved. Brandon Ayuk had a really big week. Shanahan acknowledged him in the locker room. I think that's a really big boost of confidence for him. And hopefully going forward, that's big. Because, I mean, I, I tweeted this out in the game, too. Just the difference when everybody's getting involved and it's not just one-dimensional is so different. You got Debo making plays. Sanu was getting involved in the first half. Ayuk's getting involved. Eli's running the football. Jimmy's running for touchdowns. When you're spreading the ball like that, this offense is dynamic. And we'll drop 30 points a game every week if they can do that. But then when you're one-dimensional, we're not good. And then Jimmy's forced to make some tight throws and he ends up turning the ball over and it's it's not good, Right. This yeah. week was a lot better, and, and I was really pleased by that. I think everyone collectively 
kind of got a chance to just exhale and kind of look at each other and be okay, I think I think we're good now. But we said the same thing, right? It's, it's like, it, here we go again kind of thing, right? First two weeks, the Niners beat Detroit. They beat Philly. We're 2-0. and We're like, all right, let's go. They lose a tight one to Green Bay. Then we got two division games. Like, okay, these two are big divisional games. The Niners drop them both. Now they go into these games against Indy and, and Chicago, right? Complete disaster against Indy. They have huge season-saving game against Chicago. All right, we're back. And now you got two divisional games again. So it's kind of like that second part. It's like, all right, we we failed the first time when 0-2. Now we have another chance to redeem ourselves. Two games at home, trying to get back at it. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, this matchup uh, this week against the Cardinals is going to be interesting for two different reasons. One, they're still the best team in the NFC West, probably the best team in the NFC. And uh, they, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the league and MVP front runner Kyler Murray. Now, the interesting part is, will Kyler Murray play? And I know we'll get into that more later. But if he does play, I'm a bit concerned because if you look at last week's game, Justin Fields had a big game against the Niners because what does he do best like other quarterbacks? He runs. He's a mobile quarterback. And the Niners have always seemed to have problems with mobile quarterbacks. So I definitely think that's going to be an emphasis in practice this week because of the 103 yards and a touchdown they gave up to Fields last week with his legs. Uh, And I know that, you know, there is speculation on if Kyler Murray will play or not. But even if he doesn't play, the running game in general is something that our defense needs to focus on and something that we should look to improve. Yeah, I'm expecting Kyler to play. I'm not really worried about him missing this game. Kyler's a fighter. He's going to do what he do. But either way, I feel like Kyler is injured in this game. Our defense, this is a really big opportunity either way. You know that he's not 100% healthy. This is a really, really big opportunity for this team. So, I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what our defense can do. This is a a, a big one. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the Niners, they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't allow any sacks. I thought that was huge. And, and having Trent Williams back was a really big deal for this offensive line. And you saw it in the run game and the passing game. Jimmy played better. The run game was better. Having Trent Williams in there is a big deal. I don't even care if he doesn't practice this week. If he can practice on Friday and then get in on Sunday like he did last week, that's fine by me. But, man, he made a huge difference considering he's battling an ankle and an elbow injury. The fact that he went out there and played like that just shows why he's one of the best, if not the best, left tackle in all of football. The funny part of this game, and again, again, like I acknowledged, we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't punt the football. The penalties, there were still seven penalties, 55 yards, nowhere near as bad as week seven against Indy, but still got to, you know, shore them up a little bit. But the the crazy part about this game is how badly the Niners got smoked in time of possession. The Bears controlled almost half this game. It's unbelievable how the Niners dropped 33 points in this game. Yeah, it, it really did look like we were getting played the entire time the Bears had the ball most of the time the defense was on the field but our defense was strong they came up with something that we haven't seen in a while and it was an interception that Josh Norman pick you know it it really showed the team that you know we we need to have turnovers and we can have turnovers and those do help the game even though we lost in time of possession the turnovers I think was the big reason why we ended up uh, winning the game yeah, no, absolutely. And they, yeah, Garoppolo was given a lot of time, which was great. 
Um, but again, they went out there. They played great. I thought it was a good effort all around. The defense, I thought, was okay considering we had two backup safeties, two backup linebackers, a lot of backups on this defensive front, and yet they held their own. I know that that Justin Fields run. I mean, man, he made he made our defense look bad on that play and turned into a highlight real touchdown. But we had a lot of backups in it at the moment, so I'm not going to be too harsh on our defense for that. But I, I do have to say, Josh Norman had the one interception today. Josh Norman is is something else, man. I mean, he he will make some of the most boneheaded plays and get called for the stupidest penalties, and then he'll make some plays where I'm like, wow, thank God we have Josh Norman. He is a very annoying player. He definitely gets my heart rate up. But I got to say, considering we don't have Richard Sherman, considering we don't have Jason Barrett, I think the Josh Norman signing was was actually a pretty big signing for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think Josh Norman's added a lot to the secondary. Uh, not always great, but, you know, you're not really looking for a star player when you lose your top guy and, and you sign someone to fill in. Uh, I do think there could have been better options out there than Josh Norman, but Josh Norman, you know, he fits, he does the job well, he gets it done. I do think in general, our secondary is still a massive weakness and something that we are going to look at in the off season and including the draft or free agency. Um, And I I really just think that uh, Josh Norman's a good fit for now and he's a good kind of band-aid to a really massive problem. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Our secondary is not great. And it's funny because after the game, I think it was Josh Norman that mentioned that. And he said, oh, it's uh, I, I thought our secondary held up pretty good today. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Man. You, you guys barely survived out there. But it, it was good. I mean, you this this is what I talked about earlier in the year, too. If you're not going to have your best game closeout games and that's I think is the biggest deal because our defense right now we're hurting we don't have all our guys there it's going to be you know a week-to-week grind for this defense but if you can close out games like they did against Detroit like they did against Philly and they did it again here against Chicago three teams that are not very good but we had to close out to win the game and they did it these next two weeks are a huge deal Arizona our defense honestly I thought we played our best game against the Cardinals in week five defensively so this is another really, really big opportunity here. I'm excited to see what our defense can do in this game, but it was a decent effort considering the injuries, but the good news is we're getting healthier, although we are going to miss Jimmy Ward for two weeks. Yeah, I do think this uh, matchup against Arizona is going to be exciting, especially because we really did dominate defensively uh, in that first matchup against Kyler and the Cardinals. My only concern is now they have the footage of what we did against them, so they probably have a bit of the upper hand because they know how we're going to approach them and they can kind of make that switch. However, I know you mentioned you think Kyler Murray is going to play. I have a the opposite indications, you know, uh, looking at the score, the the line for the game, right now they have it at even. You don't put a 3-4 and four and 7-1 team as an even spread unless you are confident that uh, Kyler Murray is not going to play or if he does play, he's going to play severely injured. So I do think that gives a slight advantage to the Niners, you know, if Kyler Murray is out. But uh, even then, I, I do think that this Cardinal team is more than just this uh, 
seven and one team. I I think, or sorry, more than just Kyler Murray. I think they're a seven and one team for a reason. It doesn't really matter who their quarterback is. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they will make you play the entire game break against this Cardinals team. And even if Kyler Murray doesn't play, it's going to be a big challenge for us. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, it's it's it definitely it's always going to be a challenge. The Cardinals are seven and one, and I, I gotta say, I was talking about this yesterday as well against the Packers. They lost the game, but the Cardinals were in it. I mean, it came down all the way to, to the end of that game. It's not like the Cardinals were getting killed or anything. They were in that game. They struggled, but they still had a chance to win. The Cardinals, even despite the injuries, this is going to be a tough game. We know what the NFC West can be, and it's uh. This is going to be a big one. The Cardinals coming in this game 7-1. and one. They're 2-0 and oh in the division so far. And they plastered the Rams earlier in the year and then had a tight one against the Niners a few weeks ago. Niners sitting at 3-4 and four and are 0-2 oh in the NFC West, which obviously shows the significance of this game and how big of a game this is going to be. So, I, I don't know, man. I, mean, I think some of the things to highlight in this game, the Niners have not won a home game in over a year. The last time the Niners won at Levi Stadium was October 18th of 2020. Fred Warner acknowledged that after the Bears game as well, saying it's a need to win this game at home would be a huge deal. Not only is it just a must-win game in general, but you know, not not having won a home game in that long is just completely unacceptable. The Niners, obviously, like I just mentioned, they're 0-2 in the division. This is a big one because I gotta say this. The Cardinals, out of these next two games, the Cardinals are coming in off a loss. I know they've had a little extra long to play Thursday nighter, but they're coming in a little banged up. They're not totally healthy. The Niners are getting healthier, coming off a win. Out of these next two games, I'd say this is the one to get because the Rams look outstanding, and they only got even better by getting Von Miller. The Rams look good. That's a Monday night game. I would be worried shitless about that game if we had to play with our season on the line. So we get this one, then there's not a ton of pressure for that Rams game, right? And But there's no pressure. If we win, we win, we lose, we lose. But if we drop this Arizona game, then we're playing for our season again against the Rams, which is not good because you don't want to be three and six and all of a sudden we're all the way back down to, well, what now type thing. So that's the thing there. Yeah, I mean, going back to your point, how in the hell did the Los Angeles Rams manage to get Vaughn Miller on their defense? Their defense was already scary with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and now you add Vaughn Miller to it? Oh my gosh. When I saw that trade, I was like, well, we know who's coming out of the NFC West. Even though the Cardinals are 7-1, and so are the Rams, and and San Francisco's still technically in it, and, you know, Seattle's still technically in it. The Rams team is just – it's a juggernaut. You have the offense with McVay, Stafford, Cup, Woods, all of those guys, Daryl Henderson, and and then now your defense is probably the best or one of the best in the league, adding Vaughn Miller to that team. So, so yeah, I do think our season's a bit on the line this this week because I just really don't see how you can beat such a juggernaut team like the Rams. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think we have a chance to hang with them, but obviously this is this is a next week conversation. But <laughs> but the Rams are a just yeah they look they look unbelievably good right now, and yeah you add Von Miller to that equation, it's a whole other thing, right? So I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's 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 gonna be a tough task, and that's why you, you got to get this one right. And I and I go back to the Niners Cardinals game 
in 2019 when the Cardinals came in. Great game. Cardinals came in, had our hand, and the Niners were limping in that game. A lot of guys were George Kittle did not play in that game. And yet the Niners, I think we ran the ball for like 16 yards all game. Garoppolo threw for like 400 and something yards. That was the Jeff Wilson touchdown game. It could be something kind of like that. I don't know what this game is going to bring, but it's something like that. So I don't know, man. This is going to be something else there, but this is a big one. The Niners currently sit half a game out of the seven seed right now in the playoff picture. Carolina currently sits there at four and four. When I look at the, the Niners' chances right now, obviously it's still early, but it is week well, we're going into week nine. So it was a half halfway point coming up. It, it It's a much bigger difference between four and four and three and five. And winning this game, going to four and four with momentum, and then a Monday night home game against the Rams looming, you know, a lot of people are like, we're going to be excited. The family's going to be excited. The team's going to be excited. Whether you lose, you know, it's going to be a deflating feeling when you haven't beaten a contender yet. This is a big game for the Niners. And honestly, when I look at the playoff picture, I don't see a reason why this this is the league where you get hot, you get hot. And if the Niners can get hot, I don't see a reason why we can't be in that conversation. But it's got to start with beating a team like the Cardinals this week. Yeah, you know, uh, before we continue this, I just wanted to mention something. I know that we talked about the Vaughn Miller trade, but the Niners made a trade on deadline day, which uh, it wasn't a big trade, but they acquired Charles Amenahue from the Texans for a sixth round pick, I believe, in 2023. Correct. Uh, this seems like a Niner move like to add to our defensive line because we are one of those teams that use a rotating defensive line and, and it really helps us get keep guys fresh and Amenahue is only 24 it's not like he's we're bringing in this veteran or we're bringing in this uh, guy who hasn't had the greatest start to his career he, he's been all right for the Texans you know I do think uh, having stronger players around him like Nick Bosa, D Ford and Eric Armstead will help out. But I, I'm excited to see uh, what Amenahue does in this defense and, you know, seeing how uh, Ebucom got a sack last week, Bosa had two sacks last, last week. The more people you can bring in to keep those guys fresh during the game just really helps. And I like that move for the front office. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that is a good call. I was going to mention that. I kind of forgot a little bit. But you know what? It is It is. Uh, it is definitely an under. It's not a big splash or anything. But I do like the fact that it, it's it's an added piece to the depth because I heard um, Greg Olson and Adam Amin on the Fox broadcast for the Niners-Bears game. They brought up consistently how the Niners were struggling with the rotation and how Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead are almost playing like up to almost 90% of the snaps because of the rotation. Because D Ford was out in this game. And I Javon Kinlaw is another guy that, that we're going to talk about in just a little bit who's gone for the year now. Those are some big losses. And that's had to you know move a little shifting around a little bit, right? So I think that's definitely a pretty big deal there. But to, to add another rotational piece there, it's a big deal for this Niners uh, defensive line. That's a good call right there. Um, moving on to the injury report. So again, speaking of Javon Kinlaw, this happened shortly after our episode last week. Javon Kinlaw, obviously dealing with a knee, nagging knee injury. I think he's only played one or two games all year long. He's been out with this knee injury and he has now undergone season ending surgery on that knee. He will miss the remainder of the year. That's a big loss. I mean, I, I can't even explain how big of a loss that is. 
for our D-line, it's a big hit. Do I think we can survive? Yes. I mean, we somehow survived without Nick Bosa last year. Our D-line actually wasn't terrible. So do I think we can survive without Javon Kinlaw? Yes. But it's a it's a, it's a really tough blow to this D-line. Yeah, I don't think that Javon Kinlaw's loss is the make or break of our season. But I do think it is is a big factor in his career. You know, this is two seasons in a row where injuries have got him. And and this is something that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. It's really going to stunt his development. And, you know, I don't want to say that he's injury prone or everything because it's his second year in the league. But being injured for your first two years really stunts a player's development. And and Kim Law was that guy that we wanted to replace DeForest Buckner. And if he's just can't stay healthy... I think we're going to have to look in another direction sooner rather than later. And it's really upsetting because we've seen how great Defoe's been for the Colts, you know, especially when he faced us uh, a, a couple weeks ago. And, and that trade didn't really pan out, I would say. I, I mean, there's still time, Kinlaw does, but injuries, man, they really suck. Yeah, injuries have been have been a problem and and this sucks. I mean, like I said, the the injury bug has not left the Niners, but this is a big one to miss a guy for the entire year is a big deal, but the Niners will move and I, and again, I cannot express how good it is to have Nick Bosa and his presence there that we didn't have last year. I just think makes a huge deal because Bosa makes his presence known all the time. And it's just so big to have a game record like that, not injured, knock on wood. Um, I think it's just, is, is a really big deal for us. And going down the injury report, Maurice Hurst will miss practice with a calf injury. I mentioned Trent Williams earlier as well, out of practice with that ankle injury. The, ho- the hope is that he'll practice on Friday and he'll be good to go on Sunday. So, which is what he did last week. So, not too worried about there. Debo Samuel also re-aggravated the calf injury he had last week in the Bears game. He missed practice today, but also the hope is he will be ready to go for Sunday. I mentioned Jimmy Ward as well. He missed practice. He will miss probably the next two games with a quad injury, but doesn't look like he'll end up on IR, which is the good news to that. Hafunga, Hafunga played pretty good at safety. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that was what his first or second start out there. He played pretty good, and I was happy with that. Tavon Wilson's, eh, it's not ideal that you want him out there, but I thought Hofunga did a nice job, and and I'm going to be straight with you. Like, I've been saying this for a long time, too. I think this is, if Hofunga keeps this up, this is pretty much an audition for him because I can't see the Niners keeping a Joukowsky tart around past this season. I was shocked we even brought him back this year because, again, this is Joukowsky tart's normal you know, two, three, his annual trip to IR every single year. It's Joukowsky Tart's three-week trip to injured reserve, or, well, just the last year's three weeks was more than that before. He always lands up on IR, and I knew that coming into the season. So it's a big deal for Ofunga. Jimmy Ward hurts is, is, is troublesome because he's one of our captains, and a lot of our captains, this was a topic I know a lot of other 49er pages have been talking about. A lot of our captains have been hurt this year, and that's not good. You need those guys to stay on the field and, and have that leadership role. And some people even said that that could have been a reason as to why the Niners dropped four in a row because they were missing some of that leadership in there. But Jimmy Ward expected to come back sooner than later. But Chikoski Tart, I don't know, man. But uh, Hofunga, it's a big deal for him, though. Yeah, you know, you were talking about Hofunga a lot during the preseason as well after we drafted him. And I do agree. I, I like Hofunga. I think he brings some 
enormous energy to this defense, something that I think has been missing a little bit, uh, as you do mention with the leaders being injured here and there. I do like uh, how he played on Sunday, and I do think he could be a big piece for the future for our team. And we just saw a glimpse of that on Sunday. I think he's going to get the start next week, uh, probably because Tart and Ward won't, won't be playing. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he does and if he can contribute the way we hope he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah we will see what he can do in that game. And, and again, keep going here. D Ford and Aziz Alshire missed last week's game. Both were in concussion protocol. Both return to practice. Looks like they'll both be good to go on Sunday. That, I think, is big news there. And then other big news, George Kittle, Robbie Gould, Jeff Wilson all return to practice this week. Jeff Wilson's one I'm really excited about, but I do not think he'll be playing this week. Next week might be far-fetched, so let's say Week 11 against Jacksonville might be a decent return date for him, but if all goes to plan, maybe we'll see him a little bit earlier. But getting Kittle back would be huge. I mean, it's been tough sledding with him out. So I think it's big to have him back. And then Robbie Gould as well, I think is big. I thought Joey Sly was decent. But I mean, there were a few missed field goals here and there, which weren't ideal. So to have Robbie back, I think will be really great as well. Yeah, Robbie's going to be a huge addition to the team. I like Joey Sly's power, but his accuracy, it's not pretty. So having him back will definitely help. George Kittle, the glue that keeps our offense together, will be back. He's a, one of the best. He's probably the best blocking tight end in the league and one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the league. Jimmy G is going to get his right-hand man back. That's going to help out the offense a lot. Probably will eat into Debo Samuel's targets, but also open Debo Samuel up and maybe open Brandon Ayuk up for, Brandon Ayuk up for single coverage. So I'm excited to see how the Niners offense really opens up with the addition of George Kittle. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and we'll see what happens there. And I agree, having George Kittle back is is huge. Um, but we'll see what happens there going forward, but for the Niners team. But I'm excited for this one. It's a big game coming up at Levi Stadium. Lots to look forward to in this one. Big divisional clash. And looking at the division right now, Cardinals sit at seven and one at the top. Rams also seven and one. Niners three and four. Seahawks three and five. So there's definitely kind of a division there between the top two and the bottom two teams we'll see how those how those go over there so i don't know it's, it's gonna be interesting the cardinals have got niners panthers seahawks and then a bye week in their next well really the month of november rams have titans niners by packers niners got cardinals rams jags vikings and then the seahawks have a bye packers cardinals washington so the niners are the only team who've already had their bye week left so all the other teams have a bye week Yes, that's the other thing here is the Niners need to take advantage with these teams on a bye week. So not only they got the Seahawks in a bye week, but they got a chance to beat the Cardinals and the Rams have a tough one against Tennessee. All these things you take into consideration. This is a big month for the Niners to gain some ground. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think the biggest thing will be these next two games. If we win one of these next two games, I think we have a decent chance of uh, competing for that last playoff spot in the NFC. But if we drop both of these games, it's going to be hard sitting at three and six trying to get back into the playoffs. And and I do think that, you know, the the Cardinals and the Rams, they they are still going to be great. 
they are probably locks for this NFC playoffs. I don't think that they are going to, you know, start hitting a road, a block in the road and and go down. I I think they're only going up from here. And those are the two massive competitions that we have next. I'm not too concerned about the, the Seahawks, you know, they haven't looked amazing without Russell Wilson. Their defense still looks like hot garbage, I would say. So I, I'm not too worried about them. I think they're going to finish fourth in this division. Even when Russell Wilson gets back, I just don't think they'll be able to do enough to uh, make it into the playoffs. But uh, I, I think the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams will be atop of the NFC West. As the year comes, it could flip-flop between those two. They are just two juggernaut teams. But, uh, yeah, the Niners, you know, these are some must-win games coming up. I know I've said that almost every week because when you're not first, every game's a must-win game. So uh, we'll, we'll see how these next couple of weeks go. Yeah, definitely. Some big weeks ahead and starts with this week against Arizona. Big game here. Before we wrap this thing up, any predictions heading into this game? Uh, I think it's going to be a huge return for George Kittle. Drops 100 yards, maybe a touchdown. Uh, I, I think Brandon Ayuk's going to get uh, more receptions than his his season high. You know, he had four last week. I think he's going to get seven this week. Uh, I think Dio Samuel's going to have a bit of a quieter game because of George Kittle returning and Brandon Ayuk getting more of a share. But I, I think the Niners are going to pull up on top as long as Kyler Murray isn't starting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I do think even if Kyler starts, we have a chance just because he's not healthy. Kyler's Kyler, man. Even 50% Kyler Murray is scary. Like, he's that good, and we all know that. But the fact that he's not 100% with our defense, with Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and the remainder of the guys who are on this defense, this is a big opportunity, and you got to take advantage of that. You're at home, division game, got momentum on your side right now get this win take care of business and if we do i'm gonna be hyped up next week ready for that rams game i'll tell you that much so this is a big big game here and i'm hoping the niners can pull this one out so that is a wrap for this week's episode of the 49 away podcast niners cardinals on sunday at levi's big big game those of you going to the stadium get loud Get hyped. Big game. Niners need you guys. And hopefully the Niners can treat you guys to a win, which hasn't happened in over a year. So hopefully that will happen. Chevy, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I think uh, Niners win 17-10. I think it's the reversal of the Cardinals score the last time we played them. (laughs) Oh, wow. Low scoring affair. I do not think. I think it'll be more than that. It might be like 24-21 or 20. It'll be a little higher than that. But we'll see what happens. Excited for this one. And hopefully the Niners can get their first NFC West Divisional win of the season. So without further ado, that'll do it for us on here. We will see you guys next week. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 49er Way podcast. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more Niners content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.